Hello, church. Get this. We have the privilege of hearing from God today. Are you ready? Think about that. We have the privilege of hearing from God. Are you ready? See, that's why we do this. It's why we gather. It's why we watch so that we can open up the word of God and have him speak to us and challenge us. What a privilege. What a privilege. So let's open our hearts and open our ears and let's allow God to speak to us today. Let's hear from him, okay? Here's what I want to do. I want us to all say our church-wide life verses together from Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. So you do your best. I know you may not have it memorized yet, but let's give it a shot. Here we go. May God help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. How'd you do? Let's try it one more time. Are you ready? Here we go. May God help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I can't think of a better way to launch our new theme called Better Together than by thinking about our church-wide life verses. May God give us the courage and the strength to live them. So we begin this new theme today called Better Together that is going to carry us through the month of February and March. I'm excited that we are on this journey and I think we are going to learn a lot about what better together actually means. So let's pray together and then we'll dive into this theme. Father, we are thankful for today and for the opportunity to open up your word and allow it to speak to us and challenge us. God, help us to listen and help us to be so ready to do whatever it is that you plant on our hearts. God, as we begin this new theme as a church of thinking about being better together and living in harmony with each other because this is fitting for followers of you. Help us. Help us to live this out and to be a great example where we live, work, and play. We pray all of this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, I want to begin with a big idea, so please get some notes and some paper grab a writing utensil. I want you to write these things down because I think it's going to be wonderful for you throughout the week to come back to this. So here we go. Here's our big idea for today. Apprenticing with Jesus calls us toward togetherness. Okay, apprenticing with Jesus 
Here's what it does. It calls us toward togetherness. When you think about Jesus and who we are as followers of him, apprenticing, and we'll talk about that word in a little bit because it's a unique word when it comes to following Jesus. But I think it's an interesting word and a captivating word as we think about following him. So apprenticing, here's what it does. It calls us toward togetherness. Okay, to launch this new theme for the next several weeks, I wanna ask a couple of questions. Why are we doing this? And then how will we approach this? Why are we doing this? And how will we approach this theme of being better together? Let's begin with why. Why are we talking about this? Why are we going to take eight weeks to think about being better together and living in complete harmony with each other? Why are we going to think about unity and togetherness and oneness? These are certainly words that are trending right now in a world that is broken and splintered. Let's think about that though. A splintered, divided world. It's not new. Now, we may be feeling that in new ways right now, but disunity and brokenness has been a problem from the very beginning when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and sin entered the picture. The story of the Bible is one then where we find God repeatedly, just over and over and over again, reaching out to rescue humanity. So scripture has quite a bit to say about being better together and how we can do that in our friendship with God and certainly how we can do that in our relationships with each other. So we need to know about this. So to answer the why, why are we taking time to think about being better together? Let's think about Jesus. That'll be the first component. And then I want us to think about the church. So Jesus is first, and then the church as found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and that'll be the paragraph that we unpack in just a few moments. So Jesus, the church, as we find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then a hot coal, okay? Jesus, the church, and then a hot coal. Makes sense, right? We're going to walk through this. And I hope by the end of our time together, it makes a lot of sense for all of us. Okay, let's begin by thinking about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, which we will not take time to read today, we find Jesus speaking to a crowd and he invites those who are listening to him with these words. He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said. Come to me, all of you who are weary and worn out and tired, and I will give you rest. 
<laughs> it sounds like a great promise from Jesus, right? Come to me. Come to me. If you're tired, worn out, come to me and I will give you rest. And then Jesus went on to say this, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Now that's kind of a strange word that we don't use that much anymore. But Jesus, with the crowd around him, which was an agrarian culture, they understood the term yoke quite a bit, which is a way of connecting animals together so that they can pull a cart or a plow or do whatever it is that they need to do. The connecting mechanism that brought the animals together so that they could work was a yoke. It was a way of shouldering a load. Now, author John Mark Comers talks about a yoke this way. He states, a yoke was a common idiom in the first century for a rabbi's way of reading the Torah or the law of God. But it was also more, so much more. It was his set of teachings on how to be human, his way to shoulder the weight of life. So think about this. Jesus was a rabbi, that's what he was, and every rabbi had a yoke, a set of teachings on how to carry the burden of life. Every rabbi also had followers. So they had a set of teachings on how to walk through life and how to carry that burden. They also had followers or disciples, and certainly Jesus had that. They were apprentices, and Jesus invited them. Come, follow me, apprentice with me. And Jesus extends the same offer to all those who trust in him today. Come, follow me, apprentice with me, and do the things that I did. Question. Have you ever thought of yourself as an apprentice of Jesus? Have you ever thought of yourself that way? See, Jesus uniquely modeled togetherness and he calls us, come to me, let's be together. Come to me, let's be together. So feeling lonely, left out, isolated, Jesus gets it. He totally gets it and he invites us to come to him because I have a way to shoulder the weight of life. And then he offers to us a family to help with that. And that family is called the church. So that's Jesus, a rabbi who invites us to apprentice with him and to take up his set of teachings on how to shoulder the weight of life. That's Jesus, and he now offers to us a family to help with that. That family is called the church. So let's think about the church. Jesus had a conversation one day with one of his apprentices named Peter. And you can read all about this in Matthew chapter 16. And he looked at Peter one day and said, 
Peter, I will build my church. That's what I'm going to do. I will build my church. And then Jesus, after his death and resurrection, he returned to heaven. And wouldn't you know that some of his apprentices actually began to do that. They started and established the church. This is what we read about in the New Testament book of Acts. The church was a place, just an extraordinary place, where all of these little apprentices of Jesus got together and they shared meals and they fellowshiped together. They prayed together. They met regularly and there was a lot of generosity. There was unity and people were submitting to each other and the church grew and expanded. The little life-saving station grew, right? And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful sight. But it was also messy. It was really messy because they weren't perfect. They had problems, just like how we have problems. And here's what happened with those problems. It tore them apart. And they experienced division. So another apprentice of Jesus, by the name of Paul, the Apostle Paul, he wrote a letter to a church that was having all kinds of issues and problems and he began to address them. And this is what we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have a Bible or a device, please find the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I will begin reading with verse 12. Here's what it says. The human body has many parts but the many parts make up one whole body. That makes sense, right? Paul goes on. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some are Gentiles. Some are slaves. And some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. Paul goes on in the verses after this to share just a ridiculous illustration. It's actually kind of a funny thought that he begins to share where he goes on to say, you know what? The foot cannot say, well, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. The foot can't say that. And Paul goes on to give even more of the illustration by saying, the ear cannot say, well, you know, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye. No, the foot and the ear are part of the body and they have a distinct function. Think about this, if the whole body, and that's really the heart of this illustration that the apostle Paul is giving. If the whole body were one part, that would be kind of strange, don't you think? Like imagine with me for a moment, if you walked into church on some Sunday and there sitting in a chair is an eyeball and that's all that there is. 
you would probably say, you know, it's time for me to find a new church. (laughs) That's a bit odd, and I'm not so sure about this. And that's what Paul is illustrating here. What we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 helps us to know that the church was, get this, interdependent. A lot of different parts and a lot of different pieces, but yet one body, all of these different parts functioning together in an interdependent kind of way. Different pieces, but yet one body. You know, if COVID has taught us anything, it's the need for the body and togetherness and unity. Isolation doesn't work when it comes to apprenticing with Jesus. We need each other. And with each other, we truly are better together. Author Robert Mulholland states it, this way as we think about togetherness and being interdependent, needing each other. And I love how he states this. When we don't feel like worshiping, which by the way, that happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? When we don't feel like worshiping, the community should carry us along in its worship. When we can't seem to pray, and that happens, doesn't it? Days or seasons where I I just can't do it. When we can't seem to pray, community prayer, the body, it should enfold us. When the scripture seems closed for us, the community should keep on reading, affirming, and incarnating it around us. See, we pull each other along. And when I'm having a bad day, And when my friendship with God is weak, it's you who pulls me to you and to him. And when you're feeling weak and disconnected and wonder if God sees or cares or knows about what's happening in your life, it's the community, the body, this interdependent group that pulls us along. And because of that, we are better together. So that's Jesus, this rabbi who calls us to apprentice under him. And then he gives us this body, this family called the church. That now brings us to a hot coal. And I think you know where this is going, right? A hot coal or an ember. I just really wanted to say that word, ember. A hot coal or an ember is only hot when it is with what? Other coals. Together, they produce heat. If you isolate a hot coal or withdraw it from its community, it begins to fade. It dims. See, it's the same with apprentices of Jesus. We are better together. We produce more light and heat and goodness together. That's the why. 
Jesus invites us to learn and grow and connect in community with others so that we can be better together. And that's why we are taking eight weeks to think about the beauty and the value of how we need each other. And to be isolated is not a good thing, but to come together, to be interdependent is how God designed us. It's how he designed the church. And it's what he wants for us. That's the why. Now, let's think about how. How are we going to walk through this? What are the topics? What will we discuss over the next several weeks? Well, I want you to know we're going to talk about reaching out together and belonging together and growing together and serving together and worshiping together and purposeful living together. And then we're going to wrap all of this up on March 28th, which is Palm Sunday this year. It's going to be a glorious day. We're going to wrap all of this up with some FAQs related to these different topics of reaching out together and belonging together and serving together and so on and so forth. That is how we are going to approach this. It's a lot of together. It's a lot of together because it's true. We are better together. So why Jesus has a set of teachings that will help us shoulder the weight of life and he calls us to apprentice under him and then he gives us the gift of a body, a family called the church. And together, we can accomplish quite a bit for the glory of God. Okay, I have three takeaways that I wanna share with you. Here's takeaway number one. The world desperately needs a community of faith imperfectly seeking to be better together. Let's be that church, okay? The world desperately needs to see this. A world that is fractured and broken and isolated. It desperately needs to see a faith community. Several would be great, but it needs to see at least one in imperfect ways, seeking to be better together. So let's be that church. I feel that burden and passion inside of me, and I believe you feel the same way. And as we come back together, let's be that kind of church that's better together. Takeaway number two, commit to participating in Better Together for the next seven weeks. I would really encourage you to join us on our campus if you're ready for that. If not, you can watch online, but set aside this time. This is a critical stage for our church as we think about these issues and what God is calling us to do to be better together. So I really want all of us as the body of Christ, let's come together and commit for the next seven weeks to think about how we can ways be better together. And then here's the third takeaway. I want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 31. That's the whole chapter. So you can read what we focused on today as our paragraph of study, and then you can read the ridiculous illustrations that Paul provides about the foot complaining, and you can see what that means, and then even what follows that with the rest of the chapter. 
I want you to read that five different times this week. As a matter of fact, that's our Monday through Friday reading plan. So let's just immerse ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and what we find here about how the church is one body, many parts, many parts, but one body. Okay, back to the big idea. Apprenticing with Jesus, being his disciple, following him, walking with him, calls us toward togetherness. May God give us that kind of strength to be better together. Will you pray with me? Father, again, we are just so thankful for this time and for launching a new theme. And we've looked at the words of the Apostle Paul today that you gave to him to give to us about how we are better together, many parts, but yet one body. So God, will you help us all as we think about this, as we think about apprenticing with you and that call you give to us and how you provide the church and how we shouldn't isolate because we can provide more heat and light and goodness when we are together. Help us to take that challenge upon us. And God, help us to love each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus, knowing this is how we give you praise and glory and honor. So help us to do that now. Give us a great week of considering how you have called us to be better together. We pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, church family, you are loved. I hope you have a great Sunday. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray that there will be no snow next Sunday so that we can gather again in person in our church home and certainly online as well and continue thinking about being better together. So pray for that. And I cannot wait to see you next Sunday. God bless.